When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five, four, three, two, one. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Raring to go. Busy week, right? One week from today, Christmas? That doesn't seem possible. I'm Jeff. That's Tom, Director Matthew in the house. Yeah, one week from right now. <laughs> it just hits you too, huh? <laughs> I know, man. It's flying by, and uh, yeah... It's uh, it's it's the weirdest time. We we talked about this last week, but I felt it again over the weekend, and I continue to feel it. I they're gonna have to. There's a lot of figuring things out with this scheduling. They're gonna have to do. They you really can't. You don't think at all about these bowl games at all. Any of these matchups, like all your head is swimming. All you think about right now as a college football fan is signing day and the portal, and 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 then just kids coming and going and opting out. There's just no. The college game, the games themselves get put completely on the back burner. It's not good for the sport. And again, you say one week before Christmas, and it spooks me because typically signing day is a full two weeks before Christmas. But it's so late in the calendar this year. It can never be this late again if you're going to have high school signing day. There's nothing you can do about the portal. I got it. You know, those kids need to be enrolled and ready to go for spring ball. Yeah. So they have to be in December slash early January. But there's no need for high school kids to have to do this in December anymore. None. Yeah, all of it. I, I they've got to find some sort of structure. It is um, it, there isn't seemingly a lot that helps the college game right now, as far as the way that it it services the fans of the game or the kids that play it. Like there are some things that are good, obviously, but the way that it's set up currently, man, it's it's just you talk about a whirlwind. 
trying to figure out, like I was sitting here thinking today, Tom, you know, we had over the weekend, for those that don't know, you saw where uh, Trey Benson declared for the NFL draft. No surprise there. Uh, Nobody's shocked by that. He should, and good luck to him. It's been fun watching that kid. He's one of my favorite stories in the portal. When you think about the, the fact that Florida State took a chance on him after that leg injury, his career was in jeopardy. He leaves Oregon. Uh, you know, most people kind of looked at that as a risky take because his upside was great coming out of high school, what everybody thought of him. But then that knee injury, people thought, ah, I don't know that he's going to recover from that. It was a particularly ugly one. And obviously, Crystal Ball did. <laughs> and so it ends up that Florida State takes him. And man, where would we be without Trey Benson? He had a really, really impactful couple years here and completely came all the way back and was more dominant than really anybody had projected him to be. And he's a good kid, worked really hard, got some money here from NIL, which was nice, and then now we'll go get paid. That's the way it's supposed to work, and it was cool that it did. But he is another opt-out, and more and more, the Orange Bowl, which was already sort of sitting in, uh, you know, tepid water. Like, nobody's excited about it. It's, uh, It's a game that you feel like is an afterthought in the wake of the screw job by the committee. Now you got kids declaring left and right. You're hyper-focused on the portal and the signing class. Nobody's thinking about the Orange Bowl. And when you begin to think about the Orange Bowl, quite frankly, you begin to think about the fact that Florida State's going to get blown out. And 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 I just that's the way I'm viewing this situation currently. You've got – I mean, obviously we know Jordan Travis wasn't going to play in the game. He, he can't. But no Jordan Travis, no Keon Coleman, no Jaheim Bell, no Trey Benson, no Johnny Wilson. I mean, we, th- this isn't going to go well. This is just not going to go well. And, you know, I hate making assumptions like that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Georgia is uh, half-assing their way through this game as well, and, and and maybe you just end up with an ugly, glorified scrimmage. I hate that that's the case. I really normally would be so pumped up about a matchup against Georgia. I mean, that'd be huge. What, what this game could be if both teams cared to be there and both teams' sets of players were going to play in the game, what it could be. Well, look, and if you're them, one of their fan bases, and all you're hearing is with a guy like Kirk or whoever from ESPN saying it's about the best four teams, at that point, you got a case if you're Georgia saying, oh, oh really? Yeah. We're not one of the best four teams? Right. Because you're telling me that's all it's about. That's been the talking point for the last two weeks. This has always been about it. This is all, this is about making it the best four teams. Come hell or high water. Well, if I'm Georgia, I'm saying I've been number one the whole year, pretty much. Oh, Once for we three got, years. Yes. <laughs> yes. 29 straight, yeah. all this stuff. Plus one like, game to Alabama. One bad it, yeah. afternoon. Right. One bad afternoon. Oh, You're right. telling me we're not even better than Florida State? Right. The whole thing, the inconsistency yeah. of the committee, which we've documented and highlighted. And, you know, I would have had, I mean, if you're going to do it that way, if that's what you think, if you think Florida State's compromised to that degree, there's no way Florida State should be ahead of Georgia. There's no way. Not based on their reasoning. Not based on their reasoning. I saw some film of the 2017 final rankings, and that was a year in which Alabama did not play in the SEC championship game, and they made it at 11 and one as the four seed over Ohio State, who was a conference champion, yeah. but 10 and two. And if I'm Georgia, I'm looking back at that year, going, yeah, right, right. Then put us in. Don't even put Alabama in. Put us in. Doesn't matter they beat us. You're telling, <laughs> things, you're telling me things don't matter anymore. It's about who the best four teams are. Then. How are we not in the field? So, back to us for a second. 
I mean, it's just hard to get excited when, and it's not. I don't blame like a a segment of this fan base. I don't say a large portion. I don't know if that's true. I think the 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 portion that is upset is vocal, and so they're gonna get the you know the squeaky wheel. You you go online and you read on Twitter or you read on the message boards or wherever you look. And people are pissed. They're pissed that all these guys are opting out. But man, what are they gonna do? I'm I'm going to try to get paid. This is an exhibition game. It's not my fault. This is what happened to college football. There's no reason to go out there and play in this game. If you're a if you're a second round, third round, and you're gonna you know you'll always hear a segment. How about loyalty to the cause? How about your team? Man, man get out of here with that nonsense. The, the bottom line is, if you've got millions of dollars at stake, it would be foolish to go play in this game. I've got no problem for any of these kids opting out of this game. The other thing is, that shark jumped decades ago. Yes. You know, we're seeing well, it more. It's more honest now, though. It's more honest about the machine, and it's also more transparent. We're not quite to the transparency level of a, of a professional sport in terms of who makes how much money. We're not. We're not there by any stretch. But this is a more honest process when you're talking about, you know, who gets the money. Uh, a lot of the things that are happening now happen behind the scenes in previous years anyway. It's just they're in the open light because NIL is now a part of the rules. I, I just, I that's the one talking point that I, that while the portal is nuts, I, I grant you, and free passes from one university to the other, that's different. When people say, oh, well, I mean, this has gone too far, it went too far when... ABC and NBC and CBS got in wars 20 years ago over who had the broadcast rights. It was at that point it was over. I do think that you can rightfully say you don't think it's good for college football to have a bunch of games that don't count for anything and that nobody cares to play in and that have lost their luster. Yeah, agreed. I mean, we're in an in-between stage where I think some of this will get worked out. I mean, I don't know how many people were listening to Chip Kelly and his uh, interview that was nice to see. I mean, he was thinking about it. You can agree with it, disagree with it. He's thinking it through a little bit there. And some of the things that he said, I thought, yeah, spot on. I like it. I like it. We've been wanting to separate the big boys from those that aren't playing. And and, and that's fine. Do it. Do it. Yeah, this group is over here. This other group is over here. This is how it's going to go. And then we'll incorporate these other bowls down the line. I, I like that. Uh, it feels like it is. We're going through that process at a ridiculously slow rate. You're going to separate the haves and the have-nots, and they're going to be these two mega conferences, maybe three. The Big 12's doing a really good job of staying alive and fighting. Their, their commissioner fights. And you're going to get to a place where they're going to come together as one Super League, maybe under one TV contract, and then it's going to regionalize again. Like, even if we left for the Big yeah, we'll 10. It kind of go back to what it was. Yeah, yeah, let's just say we left for the Big 10 in the next couple of years because screw the SEC or they've got more lucrative offers, whatever. When this thing fixes itself in 10 years and there's a commissioner, then we're just going to get regionalized with a reorganization of it. I think I think that's what's going to happen, but we've got to go through these birthing pains that are ridiculous and and they don't they don't match up with what common sense would tell you. When to do. you go through them though, they are hard for the viewer and the fan, and I get it. It's okay for people to have complaints about the way college football is run, the lack of transparency, the lack of a commissioner or a czar of college football, which a lot of people have wanted for a very long time. You know, it's hard to watch games where half your team or half your team starters are deciding not to play. It's hard when you've grown up with a game, and, you know, certainly there were things about the college game that differentiated itself from the pro game. And, you know, college football, for people who have a passion for it, 
uh, represented a lot of things that were a little bit different than the NFL. And part of that was something like the Orange Bowl or the Cotton Bowl or the Sugar Bowl or whatever. And to find that in years where they're not part of the rotation, you're like, this game doesn't really mean anything. That's hard stomach. Stinks. It's the, one of the things that differentiated. You know, it's one of the things that you enjoy, the pageantry around those events. Meeting your friends and family at those games, heading down to Miami, heading to New Orleans, heading to Tempe. That was a big to-do. It was awesome. Somewhere along the way, when we expanded in the way that we have, and we have playoffs, you were going to render some of that moot. It was not going to matter anymore, and it doesn't. And so that strikes the co- – the average college football fan hates this. Oddly enough, though, like, you know, 13 and 14 next year are going to be pissed, you know, if they're out of the out of the, yeah. the top 12 and in the playoff. Like, this is always going to be a thing. Uh, you know, Dick Vitale five years ago is weeping over team number 68 or right. 69, right. you know, and, and so that's going to happen in the college football playoff selection show. Sorry, the invitational selection show next year. But I do think as the playoff expands, if you're the 20th best team in the country next year and you're playing in a bowl game, yeah, some kids are going to opt out, but that game's going to still matter because you weren't in the field, but you've got a good core of a roster that you're trying to project forward. It doesn't count against their um, red shirt rules. Like I just think where we are, specifically Florida State, in the situation we're in, is uncharted territory for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, it, it, it is a weird deal because I was at the game in Orlando a year ago against Oklahoma, and I went and took my boys to that game, and it felt like something. It felt like it mattered in a way because we were climbing. We were building towards something. But you quickly learn that once you've reached this other level that you're referencing, this other place, that you're like, eh, doesn't matter as much. <laughs> doesn't matter as much now. And these guys are all ready to ride the hell out. And you get it. You do get it. But I'll miss it. That was a lot of fun last year. I had a great time, and that was a celebration. The other part is this roster specific to this year is so top-heavy with NFL talent or seniors that when you look at churn, and not everybody is committed one way or the other. I've seen in the chat James B. saying, is there a list? Well, for some players there are. Like, for example, you know, Bless Harris ain't playing. He just committed to TCU over the weekend, and, and Trey's not going to play, and Keon and so forth. Well, yeah, I mean, like said, I, I mean, it just off the top of my head, right? You just said it. So Bless Harris isn't, Trey Benson isn't, Johnny Wilson isn't, Jaheim Bell isn't, uh, obviously Jordan Travis Fabian. isn't, Keon Coleman isn't, Fabian Wal- Fabian Lovett isn't. I mean, you can keep going. I mean, Right. I- you go to linebacker position, DJ Lundy's officially in the portal today. You would think, you know, if he was going to stick around, there'd be a lot of reps for him in a game like this. I can't imagine, even though it's not confirmed yet, that Tatum Bethune and Kalen DeLoach are going to be playing in this in this game. So you're down to like linebackers four, five, and six. And some of those guys can't play. And Braden Fisk, I doubt, would be playing in this game. Maybe. I don't Jerry on Jones is, and he's been a very good corner for us, and he chose to play. There might be a, a few. There like might that. be a few who want to play. Might be yeah. A few. yeah. But for the most part, it, it's not going to be that way. And it's just there if we were healthier. At certain positions, like if Hakeem was healthy the entirety of the second half of the season, let's turn it on and see what he can do. If Rodney Hill had not decided to go in the portal out of nowhere, he'd say, "All right, I want to see Rodney and Hakeem." Forgot to mention Rodney. Sorry. If well, <laughs> add to the list: Rodney, C.J. Campbell, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and Trey Benson. Keep going. I mean, yeah, here we go. You're looking at Kaziah, which could be fun. I like Kaziah. But we lost a lot of young offensive linemen. I don't think Maurice should play. He played injured all season long. So, Tom, like, Tom when I say you're doing a good job here of vetting out again, we're guessing on some guys. We don't know all these names. Correct. Not all these guys are saying they're not playing, but it would stand to reason in many cases. When you do this, what you come up with is Florida State's screwed. This game is not going to go well for Florida State for a lot of reasons. 
my point is there are a lot of seasons, this is not one of them, where you could be in a position like Georgia, where I'm sure those fans are saying, all right, we should be in the playoff. This is dumb. But you know what? We're so loaded that I cannot wait to watch all of these young kids play with no restrictions. That's because they've had back-to-back-to-back-to-back years of stockpiling five-star talent, and we have not. We've got a position group or three that you like that way, and then there's some others we go, ooh. Ooh, buddy. Like, if those offensive linemen that signed two years ago had all panned out and we didn't have two or three of them already gone, you'd say, okay, next wave of the offensive line, here's your day. You're going to get better. We're probably going to lose, but I can't wait to see you five play across the line. That's just not what we're going to see. No, and I'm going to tell you, I mean, I I think you're right. I think your guesses were correct about who's not playing. I think that list is going to grow significantly. And I think if you go into a game against Georgia – with your third string as your primary starters, you've got real problems in making this game competitive. Uh, you know, I don't know who's going to play quarterback. Right, yeah. I mean, who's going to play quarterback? Well, we finally get to practice tomorrow. So, uh, so that's going to be an interesting practice report. It's going to read like um, the footnotes of every other practice report. Not the lead notes, but the footnotes of the other practice reports this season. You know, we know George's starting quarterback is going to play. He said as much. That's a problem. I mean, this is just not going to go well, guys. This is not going to be a good day. I would suggest you go out for a picnic. Go do something. After turning into War Chant TV for our pregame show at 3 o'clock and our postgame show. We'll have a better handle on how that sounds and looks because I think depending on who does play and how many young kids are going to get a chance to start, it really dictates how you're going to discuss this game. I mean, again, I know how it will be co-opted and what will be stated about FSU when they lose this game to Georgia is going to be filled with inaccuracies and half-truths and completely unfair uh, blanket statements regarding what Florida State is or is not based on who doesn't play in this game when they're on the wrong end of a beatdown. But how much time and consideration are you going to give to those I'm not going to give any, but I promise you that when, you know, again, this goes back to what I've said before for years on this show, and you know it. Wins and losses happen for a reason, and they had elicit an emotion, right? When you watch, you can tell yourself in the preseason, uh, it's not going to be our year when we play so-and-so. It's on the road. We're young. We're going to lose that game. They've got a senior quarterback. This is going to be problematic. And you can know it. Intellectually, you can process it and say, I know that's what's going to happen. But when the game happens and then you watch it and you see your beloved Garnet and Gold on the wrong end of an ass-kicking that you predicted would happen in the offseason – it brings about an emotion. It brings about a feeling. Now, add to that when these announcers begin to say things disparaging about Florida State and, see, this is why they weren't in. Now imagine how people are going to respond to that. You and I will ignore it and roll our eyes and say that's disingenuous. You know what you're doing. But they're going to do it nonetheless. Somebody's going to do it, and you're going to hear it, and it's going to piss our fans off to no end. I, I actually hope they do. Because it further solidifies who they are so that we can always remember, keep the notes. Uh, I don't need further solidification. I already know what they no, are. Well, I'm saying there will be more that, that hadn't come out of the woodwork that are just waiting for this moment. Fine. Well, Fine. there'd be no Speak way. Speak your piece. Go I ahead. Mean, well, because you know they're, they're telling on themselves. If they do that. We've said this about political things in the last handful of years. Like People yeah. can't wait to tell on themselves either way. Same thing here. Okay, if you're one of those pundits and you've been waiting to get at FSU Twitter because they're eating at you. Like Kirk did last week. He just flew off the handle. Yeah, lost it. And yeah. you want to join the ranks, the rank and file of that. Okay, good. Now I know 
who you are and what you're about. Yeah, it's it's. I just I'm preparing people mentally now. I've been thinking this through. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Florida State shows up and plays great, and you know a lot of kids that we haven't depended on go out and make some big plays, and all of a sudden uh, it's a different narrative. But I, I would be very surprised if it is. It's Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you on a Monday. Hope you're well. Hope you're out and about getting your Christmas shopping done. Maybe you got the week off. That'd be cool if you did. If you did. So we're with you today. We will have a seminal headlines tomorrow. I don't know if that's going to be from the hizzy, how that's going to work. And then uh, Wednesday, Tom and I are here, and then uh, we're figuring it all out from there. Also, for the signing day stuff, tomorrow night there'll be a 6 p.m. show, final preview, setting the stage for signing day. Sunny Day begins at 8 a.m. on the channel as well. On Wednesday? On, on the YouTube side. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can't get here soon enough, man. I'm ready to, to get excited again about something. I'm ready to get excited about what they are able to bring in, what kind of haul they bring in. And I'm also excited to see how they conclude uh, with the portal. And, and, and it won't be over, but we'll have a better idea of what needs are still there and who they're going to be relying on moving forward. We'll have all of that nervousness that you feel now kind of – uh, begin to wane because you'll have answers finally instead of being in limbo. Being in limbo is is tough, uh, and so it's it's a little frustrating. Uh, Justin, after everything that happened last week, you all know most of us are here for answers to one question: How was the banana pudding? <laughs> Thanks, Justin. It was delicious. It was delicious. 
and I appreciate the question. Uh, I had a suspicion it would be. I knew I was, I was not living my best life. I had not found a way to incorporate banana pudding in my life at any point. That's why I asked the question. And now I know. Maybe once a month, once every other month, got to go get you some banana pudding. Will banana pudding take the place of pancakes in terms of talking points and acquisitions? No, because banana pudding has to be eaten fresh right away. Pancakes, you can kind of, they're a little bit more diverse. You feeling anything on the pancakes side of the equation? Well, it's all it's all it's all on the open now. You don't have to hide pancakes. You don't have to induce and entice with pancakes. You just be like, "How you like some money?" <laughs> That's all we do now. We don't have to offer up the pancakes. We don't have to use jargon, things like that. We can just say, "Hey, it's uh, you know, it, we got some money over here in NIL. We feel good about it. I'm sure, we can find something for you if you feel good about playing for us." You know, I, I think that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, I'm looking, I keep, I know what you're asking me, and I'm doing my best. Um, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm looking at my phone right now just for you. Mm-hmm. You're reading? I am reading right now that it looks like here we have some positive news that are going to happen in the next few hours. So oh. there, something's going to happen in the next few hours. Okay. I don't know what it is. It's just a. It's a. It's sort of a. Nebulous. You don't know what it is. Not, I don't. Okay. I do not know what it is. Mm. It's just a generalized. Some good news about to happen. That's his withholding face. Everybody, he knows. I. <laughs> um, yeah, HB. I just answered a question uh, from the chat just a moment ago, like literally just seconds ago, while you were listening. So there you go. Uh. If you, if you have some more good questions, we'll see. I will tell you that I watched very carefully, and I've listened very carefully, uh, that you know I wanted to see of the two quarterbacks visiting, how'd that play out? How'd we feel about that? Could we get a vibe? Could we get a sense? What do the coaches want? Which of the two guys, if not both, were excited about their visits? I'm curious to see how quickly we find out something regarding the quarterback position. Sure would help, you know, ahead I think of it Wednesday. Changed, yeah, I think it changes everything about the the feeling that we're talking about. This being in limbo is in large part due to two things. A, you've got a lot of high profile well, really three things. You got a you got a lot of high profile recruits that in the last second, big time schools in the SEC and Big Ten are trying to steal. Okay, so if you wake up in the morning and you're this close to National Signing Day and you've had verbal commitments from five-star and four-star prospects for weeks and months on end and you feel good about them and then you read a report that somebody has last second made a last-ditch effort, a a last charge, we all know we can read between the lines. We know what that is. For example, if you read that it's Auburn, Auburn is throwing money at the problem. That is exactly what they're doing. And so you know this. And you you know because most people, even though they'll sometimes react emotionally on a message board or on Twitter or in an email or whatever, but they, they can process. They're not all dumb. Somebody will sit there and they'll say, oh, well, you know, I mean, it, it can't just be about the money. I mean, you've been committed to, come on, man, if there's a dollar amount. There's a there's a certain amount where somebody's going to get bought. Somebody's going to get bought. And so when you hear those names being reported 
as the object of desire by these other programs whom you know have money and are desperate enough, then you fear one of these things that you had already counted in your head that's yours is going to get taken away. And that creates angst. So that's part of it as you sit here today. People are antsy. They're frustrated. They're antsy. They don't like the process that we just described in the first segment. They don't like where this sits on the calendar. It's very frustrating. I agree with them on that. Um, they don't like our prospects for the bowl over the weekend. They heard about visits. They heard about people. They heard about these things. But all they got in the way of concrete news was people opting out of games or transferring. So, again, they didn't get anything that made them feel good. They didn't get anything that made them excited. They got nervous. So that's the second thing. And then I would say, well, I, I, those are probably the primary two. I, the, the third is that you haven't filled your quarterback need. If you get the situation at quarterback resolved, I think some of the other things fall into place, and now you get answers. Nobody likes to be in limbo. This feeling of frustration is that everybody is in limbo. Some of it you can't make go away until Wednesday. and t- Because, again, We had the Travis Hunter situation happen to us. Florida State fans are still scarred, rightfully, by a situation that nobody saw coming. I mean, that kid had had been as committed as you could be. I mean, he was beating back people on social media left and right. He was praising Florida State around every turn. He made a bet with a guy online that he would give him $20,000 or whatever it was if he didn't pick FSU. It was like... There was no more committed person publicly than that kid. And then that thing happened. So nobody believes it. You don't believe it until Wednesday comes and the kid sends in the letter that is signed on the line which is dotted. Nobody's going to believe it. You may think, well, it seems like K.J. Bolden is all no. But hell if I know. So it's it, that's why people are frustrated and they don't know what to do. But you're right. The quarterback situation would help. Even though a lot of these kids wouldn't play on the field at the same time as the quarterback, it's just a clear signal of health for the program. And if you listen to what both Cam Ward and good job to our Matt Lasser for getting that interview over mm-hmm. the weekend, and DJU, because he was available to the entirety of the media yesterday, when you listen to what they both said about the program, is that they believe that they can make an instant impact next year, playoff-wise and... You know, this is a group that is close enough that with them coming to lead the charge on offense as the quarterback, big things can be achieved next year. Well, that's reputation. That's what that is. You don't get those two kids to come on campus with an overlap one night. There was an overlap where they're both here. You don't get them to come to Florida State back-to-back without this season that you just had. Correct. Without the proof that you developed Jordan Travis from a – a good athlete who can play quarterback a little bit to a really good quarterback, and he he gets credit for it, but so does Mike Norvell, so does Tony Tokars. Your reputation afforded you the opportunity yes. to get those two kids on campus back-to-back. Sounds like DJ wants to come here if we'll accept it. That was the way I took the interview yesterday. I feel like it is almost a slam dunk that if you want him, yep. you can have him right now. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It also me. tells me that they want Cam Ward. Or they're still deciding, and <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, if they want a TJ, they got him. Just yeah, correct. Or yeah, they're still weighing the pros and the cons. Yeah, they could and just say, look, man, you know, Cam Ward did fumble the ball fourteen times last year. That's problematic. Now he's got the higher upside. He's you look at the running numbers. He's way better there. You look at the escapability in the pocket. 
but he has a higher interception count, and he fumbled the ball 14 times last year. Woo! Okay. That is a bevy of fumbles. That's a lot. DJ, not going to have that highest of highs, but we aren't going to have 14 fumbles, and we're, and we're going to have a, a few interceptions, and he's got a cannon for an arm, and can I just develop him? That could be what they're weighing right now. Yeah, so they got to weigh something. they got to figure out which of the two guys they want. These are two guys that have played a ton of football, both big, strong kids, and it's a nice bridge. You're going to get one of them, is my thought. And so, you know, the sooner you know that information, maybe you exhale there and you move on from there. Eddie asked this question. Appreciate this on the Super Chat. I survived my work days with War Chant. One, is there an update on the Battles in membership count? I'm sure there is. I haven't bugged Ingram with a text about this particular subject recently because I know how busy he is right now uh, doing things as far as It was on the go. precipice of 5K yeah, like on was, Friday. Right. I knew that was the last I left it. So, yeah, somewhere in the neighborhood there. Uh, do you think the public nature of increased membership influenced Peyton and then DJ, et cetera, wanting more? Uh, no. Woo! No, I, I think that there are a variety of things that go into these guys wanting more. I think there's a misunderstanding uh, of how this works. And I think kids are trying to figure it out on the fly. I would also tell you, and this I do know to be a real factor, and all collectors are having to deal with this. If a player has, if a player has um, representation, okay, this is different. And you don't the qualifications to just be a go-between, to be a, a representative of a kid, like to speak on his behalf. This isn't like being an agent. This isn't like being a lawyer who has you know some real credibility. This is like Jerry just knows the family, and he calls somebody and says he'd like his client to have more money. Well, man, hey, that's not how it's going to work. So in this way, you do have some weird interactions. And I think the kids are, you know, I, I think they, A, I'm, Corey wrote about it on the heels of us talking about it last week. I've been talking about this for, for a couple weeks now. These kids, because they don't really know how all of this works right now, it is, it, it's, that's not all their fault. It's new. It's relatively new. They hear things that aren't true on the internet, so they think there's more money over there. Grass is always greener, and it's not always greener. Two, they also uh, are lied to by their cohorts. So people in their own locker room tell them yeah. fibs about what they're getting and what's possible. Could be a team group text or a group text with your high school teammates that went everywhere around the country right. sharing right. information. All that kind of stuff happens. And then I think, again, they try to utilize social media. Some do, not all. Um, they try to utilize social media as almost a bargaining tool. And it's a really bad look. It's also not going to work. And so I hate it for the kid. I hate it for the fans. I hate it for everybody involved because while this misunderstanding of how this process works and the way these negotiations work, if you have bad representation coupled with kids who grew up on social media and think the quickest way to solve any of their problems is to publicly uh, state their you know displeasure on a, on a social media forum as a way to express themselves about that frustration – well, they're missing out because it's not going to work that way. And it also just, all it does is serve to alienate you from people who are your fans, people who are rooting for you, people who root for the program. It just creates discontent and disdain. That's what happens. When you see a kid come out and say, oh, unfortunately, it looks like I'm going to have to enter my name in the portal, people are like, well, F you, man. 
the hell is this? Like, what? You played every down this year. What? You got paid. What else do you want? Well, I want more. And if I don't get it, I'm going to go to the portal. What? That ain't going to work, man. That's not a very good way to endear yourself to, A, the people you're negotiating with, but B, the fan base. So there's a lot of negativity surrounding all of this stuff. This is, this is the current climate we're in. This is where we sit. Now, not all of it's true, and the things you read online certainly aren't always true. We know that in general. But look, man, it doesn't take much for people to buy into their worst fears. We're always looking around every turn for our worst fears. We do it in our own personal lives. We're always afraid and guarding against things that are never going to happen. Well, and consider for Florida State two things that did happen. One on the recruiting front that you talked about last segment, or earlier this segment, with Hunter. And then what the committee just did two weeks ago. Right. Like, Florida State fans might be paranoid. Maybe in some ways more paranoid than some other fan bases out there. But you know what? We're also right a couple of times here. Unprecedented action taken by the College Football Playoff Committee to leave out a so-called, as the uh, response in the political letter was, Power 5 institution from the field. And then you've got the kid who couldn't be more effusive in his commitment for Florida State, number one type player in an entire class, flipping and tossing your hat to the ground on signing day. That's what we've had the last couple of years. Now, what we've also had is 19 straight victories. A lot of happy moments, and this is a group that we're going to be proud of forever. It's hard to feel that way right now about the 23 Florida State Seminoles, but we're always going to love that group, no matter how many of them enter the portal or already have in this moment. You're going to love that team. You're going to watch oh, those game replays, and yeah. you're going to love everything about them. But if you're saying that we worry about things that, that don't come in life, we do. As a species, we do, 100%. All the time. But this fan base has just been dealt in the last 24 months two ridiculous blows, two ridiculous blows from different facets of the sport. I'll tell you the – I mean, I, to me, I, I, I think that it's worth sitting back, but we're in a medium where it's impossible to do so, and the recruiting game has never lent itself to patience. So you don't – you're really talking about like a talk show host saying, hey – don't believe everything you read and hear. But by the way, make sure you go to our message boards and check everything out and tune into the Jeff Cameron Show tomorrow at 1 o'clock so I can get you abreast of everything that's going on that I'm telling you not to be afraid of. Like It's, it's tough. I mean, I acknowledge that that's a problem. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that everything's going to be okay, that we're going to get every single player, player we want. We probably won't. Somebody's going to end up doing something that you're going to regret and hate and be mad about. And then at the same time, we're probably going to get a guy that right now you're thinking we're probably not going to get, and then we're going to get him, and you're going to be, and so your emotions are going to be on a roller coaster. It's just going to be, well, sweet Jesus, man, just when I thought we were screwed, look at us kicking ass. Oh no, we just lost one. This is this is how that's going to work. I do think it's worth when we. I'm watching very carefully as you continue to climb, as you continue to have success, as you win 19 games in a row, and the bar is raised, and you're never a victim of your own success. I do think that it's, unless the playoff committee is telling you you are, and I do think that it's going to be important to see how Mike Close is here. It, the only, I think the remaining question marks about Mike Norvell and staff is, can they be cold blooded killers in recruiting? Do they have enough recruiters on the staff? Now, I, I don't think so. I think they could stand to bring in a couple of stone-cold killers in recruiting. I think the second that they decided to extend Adam Fuller and give him that money and extend him three years, that, 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 that in that moment, 
you made the decision, in my opinion, that you needed to go bring in somebody else to do some recruiting somewhere else on that staff. Yeah, for high school purposes. That's what I'm talking about. Because Adam is oh, he's done his reputation the portal, yeah. in the portal is outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about high school. So I think we are kind of watching carefully, like, don't don't screw this up now. Like, you've had this class pretty much in case, you know, in place for month on end. Don't, don't screw this up. Well, what we're finding out too is this was a segment probably once a month that we had as NIL was developing and becoming legalized and as the transfer portal was becoming normalized, yeah, was how much of a recruiter do you need to be anymore when NIL is a part of the game? And what we're finding out is you still it's, need to be. it's coming back. It's There's a 360-degree process here where, yes, there was a peak, perhaps, of ridiculous offers that do the recruiting for you, but then when most of the teams that we're operating against have those offers to give out, then the recruiter is actually what makes the difference. So it's come all the way around. And it was always going to. You were going to always need to be a good recruiter. You're going to need to have somebody on your staff that can really recruit because all things being equal, that will be the thing. And so, again, yeah, I, I, I feel like Florida State's maybe missing a couple of guys in that realm. They do a lot of things really well. Obviously, this program is big time upwardly mobile. I'm talking about we're, we're going over things now with a fine-tooth comb. Now we're getting into the can you be an annual contender for the national title? Well, that's a different conversation. We wanted to enter the conversation prior to this season. We wanted to be of the conversation, right? And if you're going to enter that conversation, you should be in the final four. So somehow we're going to have that standard, even though we weren't allowed to play for it this year, which is ridiculous. Well, so you're entering. We, yeah, but we know next year that's not going to be the case. So yeah. you're just talking to yourself about, all right, can we sustain excellence? And in order to do that, you've got to continue to build and bring in elite talent. And it was one pitch when you were talking about climbing. It's another pitch when you're talking about sustaining. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, welcome a new advertiser to the program. This one I like. Why do I like them? I used them. I already used them. Then they said, we want to be on with you, Cameron. Good, because I'm already using you. I'd like to save some money. I'm talking about Factor. Now, I could read a script. I have one here. The bustling holiday season, you're looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel your jam-packed days. Factors America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. I'm not going to do that, though. I don't need to do that. I like not meal prepping. I like having a delicious meal before me and two and a half minutes out of a microwave prepped by a professional chef. It is delicious. Protein meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving in some cases. I could get the uh, low-calorie conscious meal if I want one, if I've overdone it for the week or something along those lines. I pick a different set of food items out of 35 prepared meals at the start of every week, and voila, it's at my front door. It's awesome. Head to factormeals.com slash Cameron50 and use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. Doing you right, people. That's code Cameron50 at Factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. <laughs> I just let it play. <laughs> We're busy. It's a busy kind of year. It's it's what's happening right now. There you go. But it's a good song. 
So I've got a, uh, I may have a little something for you guys in show. Uh, I put out the clarion call. I, I rang the bell. I sing. I, I shine the bat light. I did all the stuff during the break. All sources on deck, Tom, is what I did. All sources on deck. Because oh I know my. people want something concrete. So I may have something for you before the end of the show. Is this regarding uh, the portal or the high school ranks? You don't know yet? It's just information. Oh, okay. Just, I'm peddling information. Florida State to the Big 12? <laughs> I don't think it's that kind of – that would not be a win, right? We're going to join Oregon State and uh, who else? Who else? Washington State be the Pac-3. So I wonder, like, can you imagine if uh, we came out of this segment and I call I call my guys, everybody, and uh, and then the guy goes – and it's one of my best. It's like, guys never steered me wrong. I've had him for 20 years. He's been rock solid. And he's like, I kid you not, and it can never be brought back to me, but it's official. What? What is it, Larry? Jeff, we're going to the Big 12. Damn it, man! That's not what I wanted! I'm going to hold off on us. I'm going to hold off on that. I'm not, I'm not going with I that. I don't want to break that one. I'm not breaking I'm going to give that to somebody. Can I give that to somebody else, Larry? I don't want that. I, I can't don't want break th- it because I am broken. Yeah. Although I think the way everybody, how angry everybody is, I don't know, Maybe they, maybe they would. Maybe they would be like, eh, okay. Oh, no. No? No. No? I think there would be a lot of replacements at the university level or there would be called for, right? <laughs> uh, I think you're right. couple things here. First of all, congratulations to Florida A&M. That was a great game. I don't know how many of you watched it. It was nuts. Well, the way that game started, I was so frustrated. I'm like, come on, Howard's got five losses. Get it together, everybody. But then the rallying happened, and then you felt like it was salted away, and then it wasn't salted away, and then you had to make another play, and a damn it, man. But Willie Simmons has done amazing work. And, you know, he's a guy that we had on when he first got the job, and everybody thinks extremely highly of of him as a coach, obviously. But man, I just I, I like the uh the way that, that guy has had an awful lot of adversity uh, since coming on board and overcome all of it, and you just see the building back. This reminds me, watching the simultaneous rise of Florida State and Florida A&M in this community, in Tallahassee. I hearken back. I was fortunate enough. I talk about it all the time. Early 90s, man, being in this town while these two teams, these two programs, proud, successful, dominant for stretches, were always in the fight, always in the mix, always in the conversation. It just created, it's good for business, it's good for morale, there's a buzz in the air in the city. If you're here, if you live here, if you're in certain parts of town, you feel that, it's important, I love it, it's exciting, and we're feeling it again. It's been a long time. Been a long time walking up and down. Like, you go by Tennessee Street, back when we used to go over to AJ's and do shows. And both programs were so good, you could just sense that. And so I was really, really happy. And Willie Simmons and his staff and that team deserve a ton of credit. Congratulations to Florida A&M. And that game was a lot of fun to watch. Watched every second of it. Then I wanted to, unfortunately, touch on in the short segment here something that makes me sad. And I don't know if you saw this, Tom, but North Carolina basketball legend Eric Montrose died at the age of 52. And he died of cancer. He's a father, uh, a husband, and uh, and 52 is how old I am. Strikes me. I remember his entire career. But moreover, one of the first times I ever covered the ACC basketball tournament, 
Uh, he sat down and did a long interview with me. Eric Eggers got him, brought him over, and he was happy to do it. And he was giving of his time, his perspective. I kind of was intimidated, to be honest with you, at the time, even though I shouldn't have been. It was uh, it was down in Tampa. But he was really, really – I mean, he was just great. He's a star. I mean, Eric Montrose was a star. He's a first-round draft pick, nine years in the league, all the whole thing, and he was a legend at North Carolina. And you see him walking around. You can't miss him. He's seven feet tall, and everybody wanted him. So it's a radio row, right? Everybody asking for his time. And there was a North Carolina booth that was two down from where we were, okay? So he's a North Carolina legend, the whole thing, right? We had asked him before anybody else when we were setting up, would you come on and talk with us 10, 15 minutes for a segment? He's like, sure, I'd be happy to, guys. He asked where we were from, you know, what, what, what basically want to know our angle, all of that. Well, subsequently, he was asked by the North Carolina group and then also several others. And we had the later we, – we were going to – at the time, we were going to play the later game, and he still – like, they were coming back on the air, and those guys from Carolina like, Eric, Eric, can you come on? And he's like, no, I promised I'd go on with these guys first. And he did, and he honored it. And he was a super kind man, and it was a pleasure to speak with him. I don't know him well at all, but he was a, a pro's pro and really cool. And it's just sad to see somebody pass at 52 years old. And obviously, that's just a, it's a tough read this morning when I got up and saw that. But I just it's rare you have an interaction with a guy like that, and he was really, really cool. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.